The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Motherhood Unstressed, the podcast that talks all about the realities of being a mom in today's world, but also gives you practical takeaways for making the ride as fun and stress-free as possible. The way we live life is an art. I'm here to remind you of the power you already have to create a truly beautiful life. And if you like what you hear, if it resonates with you, please don't hesitate to leave a five-star review. This helps us get the message out to more and more women and help more and more moms. Thanks. Amanda Rondeau is a mom, speaker, and advocate for seeking help for issues with mental health. She first experienced depression and anxiety after the birth of her first child, and by seeking help and working hard every day, she pulled herself out of the darkness. She now uses her experience to help others feel okay with reaching out for help. Her message of truth and vulnerability is one we all can learn from and utilize in our own lives every day. Well, hey, everybody. Um, Welcome to the show. I'm here today with an awesome guest. Her name is Amanda Rondeau, and she's here to talk about the immensely important topic of mental health. And I wanted to do an episode on this because I feel like Nowadays, you know, everyone is putting out a really shiny veneer. My life is perfect. My kids are perfect. My job is perfect. Everything's going great. Look at this vacation we just went on. And in reality, that's just not, that's just not the case. You know, I know that's true in my life. I know that's true in others' lives. Um, So I'm so attracted to people who speak their truth and, and put it out there and show their vulnerabilities and say, you know, hey, this is my reality. This is my life. Because when they do that, you know, it allows others, it gives others permission to do the same and to live their truth and to be, and to be comfortable with who they are and how their lives are and, you know, be okay with it and not feel like they constantly have to compare and that there's something wrong with them because there's not. So thank you so much, Amanda, for being here today. Um, You are a wealth of knowledge and, and just a real voice for, for moms and for women and, you know, for people going through you know, life. So thank you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you get us started? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, family life, things like that. Well, I was raised in uh, Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. Um, I come from a broken family. My father is actually, I've had quite the interest, interesting life, but uh, also quite the, the great life. Um, my father's actually been married four times. Um, we're six, uh, six kids, six children uh, total. Um, I've been with my high school sweetheart now for 22 years, which is kind of, I guess, uncommon for these days. Um, but, uh, we have two young children. Um, I, Graduated from uh, high school in 1997. Jeez, um, <laughs> long time ago. Um, also, 
have a degree in criminology. I moved out west to Calgary, Alberta, Canada uh, in 2002. Um, I, at that point, I, um, sorry, I'm just a little nervous. <laughs> a little nervous. Uh, um, so at that point I, um, actually became a flight attendant. I've always said I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none, <laughs> which, I do, which I do love about myself. Um, so I became a flight attendant for five years with Air Canada, traveled the world, amazing experiences, Hmm. lived in Canmore, Alberta, um, you know, lived in the Canadian Rockies, another amazing experience. And then we decided, oh, it might be time to have kids. Hmm. Um, so at that point, my husband works overseas. Um, so I'm a single parent half the year. Um, so I decided that it would be important for me to be close to my family and friends where I wouldn't be you know, where his, he wouldn't be present as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point we moved back to, uh, to New Brunswick, um, which was, you know, a big change because I had been away from home since from 97 till 2002. Um, so yeah, that was quite the big change. Um, and then, yeah, we decided to, then I started being the jack of all trades uh, that I am, I started working as a nine one dispatcher. Um, Love my job; I'm still there. Um, and yeah, then we started our journey on um, the roller coaster ride, I should say, of having uh, having children. Wow! So, how old are your kids? Um, six and a half, and almost four. Oh, okay, that's adorable. So. Yeah. So that so you had your children and then, you know, I know a little bit about you that the audience doesn't. So why don't you get us started into talking about how that occurrence kind of got you, you know, speaking more openly about mental health, um, especially in the postpartum phase of life. Um, yes, for, for me, like, like you mentioned earlier, when, when you think of having, when you think of pregnancy, when you think of having a child, you think happy thoughts. Mm -hmm. And as a normal person, I was thinking happy thoughts. I was excited. My pregnancy was, was great. I mean, for my son, for my first child, the pregnancy was amazing. I still worked out, uh, working out as exercise has always been a huge part of my life. So I actually did boot camp classes till the day before I delivered. And people, oh, wow. thought, it was, people thought it was crazy. I was still doing burpees and all that fun stuff. <laughs> um, so at that point, you know, my son came along and it was exciting. It was, it was new, you know, you're on a, a natural high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then reality sets in. So it's hard enough as we all know, being a new parent, um, you know, a lot of different adjustments and and whatnot, but in my situation, my family started approaching me and saying, Amanda, do you think you're okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I've always been fine. I've always been a strong person. I've always had control of my life. 
I've always enjoyed life to the fullest. I've always been, you know, the life of the party, the crazy fun, you know, social person. Mm -hmm. And, um, at one point I, you know, I thought, oh, it's baby blues. It's, it's, you know, there's something, yeah. there's, there's something different. And, um, when my son was one month old, I remember during night feedings, I would go out in the middle of the night and look into the sky and just be like, can somebody please help me? Like I was mm-hmm. just beyond myself. I was like, this is not normal. Like mm-hmm. this cannot be what, this cannot be what being a mom is. Like I, I totally, totally lost control. Um, and once again, I kept on, you know, being that strong person that I was because that's who I was. I always took care of people. I always was that strong individual. And at one point, I, re- I remember like it was yesterday I called my mother and I didn't even have to say, I just said, mom, I need to go to the hospital. Hmm. And it's like, I didn't even, I didn't even think of, at that point, I didn't even think of anything. I just knew that I needed help and I needed to take charge and I needed to gain control of my life again. So at that point, that was a huge game game changer for me is just acknowledging that it's okay for you to ask for help. You've helped people your whole life. You need to ask for help. And that was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was very, very difficult. And to get to that moment um, and acknowledging was, was quite the challenge, but you know, in hindsight, I'm very, very proud of myself and very happy that I, that I did, that I made that step. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it is such a hard thing because our egos get in the way and, you know, especially if you've been such a strong person your entire life to admit that, like that you do need help and to reach out for that. I mean, that's gotta be the hardest thing. And I can completely relate to that because I was, you know, I'm always the same way, you know, working out and I've got this, like always very independent, very in control. And so I'm, I'm sure that, you know, I know in my experience, I definitely had something, I call it like the postpartum funk. Like I was in the same situation, like taking care of my son, bathing him. And I remember when, one night bathing him, I just started to cry. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you feeling this way? Like you have this beautiful, perfect child. He's healthy. You're healthy. Everything's great. What's wrong? And, you know, I I wish maybe I would have gone to a counselor or talked to someone, but again, like my pride got in the way of that. And so to hear you say that is just so empowering. And I think, you know, if I had heard this podcast or, you know, found you before, like that would have given me the permission slip to go and take care of myself because yeah. once you do that, like you said, it's a game changer and you can really start new, start fresh and take care of business. Yeah, exactly. So what are some key things that you think people should know um, about mental health? And it can be women who've just had a kid or just people in general who, who might feel like something's not right. Like something's off. Um, well, basically what it is, it, it's, it's educating, it's understanding, it's, it's realizing that it's not in your head, like, till you're actually hit 
with this type of this type of situation, this type of loss of control, this type of anxiety, you will never truly understand what it is. And um, the struggle is so real, like just, it's so important to, to ask for help, to um, Mm. know that you're not alone. You know, like I will use a, a, pr- a prime example of when I was living out West, my best friend that I met out there and she's still one of my best friends. Um, I always remember she was dealing with some anxiety issues and whatnot. This was pre pre kids. Um, and I remember her saying like, Oh my God, like I'm so like anxious and I'm this and I'm that. And I remember saying like, Shannon, get your, get your stuff together. You know, mm-hmm. like just, you're fine. Like you have an awesome life. Like you're, you're beautiful. You, you know, you have this, you have that. And she was like, yeah, but it's, I can't, yeah. I can't explain it, Amanda. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come on, buddy. Like you're good. You're good. And I, I'll always, always remember when I got hit with, you know, anxiety and depression, I called her crying and I said, mm-hmm. Shannon, I am so sorry. I'm getting emotional, but it, <laughs> Shannon, I'm so sorry. And she's like, what do you mean? You're sorry. And I said, because I said, you couldn't, you couldn't snap out of it. And now I get it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh my gosh, Amanda, don't worry. It's all good. And I'm like, no, it's not all good because I told you to snap out of it. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that for me was, I think it's just, you know, things that people should know about mental health is that it's not a choice. It's, it's something that happens to you and it's out of your control and you need to just acknowledge that you have that, you have something and it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That in itself is empowering. Just that change of thought and, and, you know, framing it in a different way in your mind that changes the game. I mean, from oh. there you can, you can actually take control and, and, move towards, you know, help, you know, whatever that means for you. Exactly. Yeah. So what was the biggest thing that helped you? Um, You know, obviously acknowledging it was huge. You went to the hospital. What are some other key things that you did that helped you deal with, you know, your sadness and depression? For me, the, the hugest, hugest thing was, I think, okay, for me personally, exercise has always been a huge part of my life. Yes. So I turned to that right away and I would be in my room and I could not even take care of my son. I could not change his diaper. I was fortunate enough to have the help and support of my family when Josh was away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know not everybody is, is fortunate like I was, but like I had somebody taking care of my son 24 seven for six months. He lived on the same roof as me, but like looking at him made me feel anxious and that, wow. Like I know some people will be like, what? Like, yeah, that's how I felt. And that was my reality. Um, so for me every day it was baby steps. It was, okay, I'm forcing myself to go to the gym today. Even if it was for 20 minutes, walking around, Mm -hmm. lifting up a weight, I don't know, 
I was like, I'm getting out of this. Mm -hmm. I'm taking control. I'm getting out of this. I don't know how I'm getting out, but I'm going to get there. Um, so that's what I turned to was exercise. And like I said, I had one thing a day that, you know, to peel me out, to get me out of that dark room Mm -hmm. was to get in my car, to drive to the gym, to do something, come back and then go back to my room. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there was other, other things as well that helped me along the way, but that was my first first, you know, I guess my first step. Yeah. It was a lifeline. I mean, I felt that way too. I think I was running at like three weeks after giving birth because yep. I had to, and I yep. didn't, I didn't put him in a stroller and run with it. I needed to be by myself yes. away outside, like, you know, ideally and yep. just moving, moving my body. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. I need to do something. And then, you know, I, I started meditating. I got a, an app on my phone. I was meditating. Like, I mean, if, if you would have known me before I had a child meditating, what's that? <laughs> yoga? What's yoga? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm telling you, when I say I tried everything, it was the biggest fight of my life. Wow. When you, I, I tried every type of therapy, I tried you know, I had my therapist, I went to heart therapy, I went to uh, light therapy, I went into solitude, I, w- mm-hmm. <laughs> you name it, I tried it, because I was like, I'm going to fight this fight with all my might, and I'm gonna be back to myself, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna be the best mom that I can be one of these days, but that day is not today. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was all about taking baby steps and putting myself first, essentially. Yeah. Um, because you, you had know, to. Exactly. I had to. And when the doctor tells you, um, okay, so my mom was with me because Josh was away and says, you can anybody, can anybody take care of your son? And I was like, what do you mean? Take care of my son. It's like, he's a month old. Like they're like, no, but you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of him. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I need to take care of myself. Like I have a child like, no, but you don't understand. Like you need to not take care of him right now. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was like, what? Are you kidding me right now? But I, that's what I needed to do. Yeah. I needed to. And I was fortunate enough, like I said, to have that support system. Absolutely. And that that drive that I had inside me to get out of that dark hole. So when did the tide start to change for you? The what, sorry? When did the tide start to change? Like, when did you start to feel like yourself again? probably when my son was about six months old, um, you know, like I said, the baby steps turned into big steps Mm. and it, it was always, you know, one, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one week at a time, one day at a time. Um, and you know, I start, started slowly feeling back to myself when my son was about six months old, I would say. Yeah. And I remember like it was yesterday, I called, I remember calling my mom and saying, 
mom, I changed Bruce's diaper today. And to like a typical mom that'd be like, seriously, like I changed (laughs) 10 diapers a day or, you know, 12 diapers. Like to me, that was a huge accomplishment. I changed my son's diaper. Yeah. Like you have no idea how much that phone call meant to me. Mm. But yeah, I would definitely say it would be around six, six, when he was six months old. And then I want to talk about, you did, you wrote an article about your experience and I mean, it blew up, it went viral. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that. So this was actually after my, my second child, which I don't want to sound heartless right now, but I didn't want to have any more kids because of what I went through. Oh, absolutely. Um, My fiance, we're still not married, but anyway, that's another, that's a subject for another day. <laughs> um, so he, he was like, no, like we, we, we need to do, have another one. And you know, it's such a, an amazing experience. And I said, yeah, it's easy for you to say because you're away half the year. And I said, well, you know, if, if we put this, if, if we can put a support system in place and be proactive, I said, maybe I'll consider having another one. Hmm. So long story short, he convinced me to have another one. And I'm so very fortunate and happy that we did have another one. But, um, so, okay, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here. So basically, so we had, we had two children. Um, so the, the second pregnancy, I stayed on a low dose of my medication and then I increased the dose. So after she was born, um, because I, I didn't want, I I was trying to be proactive, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want that to happen again. So after the birth, Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Oh, okay. Um, after the birth of my second child, um, I I think she was about seven months old. Then finally I was like, you know what? Like, I just, I'm, I'm the type of person, I, I write little notes everywhere. And one day I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to gather all these thoughts and I'm just going to write because writing has always helped me, mm-hmm. you know? get through stuff. Um, so it was the weirdest thing. It's like my, my fingers were like, it was like music. Like it took me, I had, you should have seen all these papers I had on my bed and I just started typing. And all of a sudden I came up with this, this story. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, that's pretty cool. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, I've always been an open book anyways. And I've always talked about stuff. I was like, maybe I can help, maybe I can help another person or whatever. So I posted this story on, on Facebook and within 24 hours, um, I think there was 14,000 view, like people who read it and there was shares and posts and this and that. And anyway, I was like, holy gee, like I, I just didn't expect that type of overwhelming response it was a good Mm -hmm. response but yeah it was very it was pretty pretty intense yeah well and you seem like a very sensitive person so that amount of energy directed towards you is it can be overwhelming yeah I'm very sensitive yeah yeah but I also think like I'm, I'm reading a book now called the highly sensitive person and it's about sensitive people and how they're actually healthier once they are aware of what's going on with them. I mean, cause they're so hyper aware of every thought, every emotion. 
once they're aware of it, they can move towards health. And so they actually live longer and are healthier because they're super aware of what's going on and they want to fix it. So I totally see that correlation with you. Yes. Um, but I mean, you've, you've done the article and then you've also gone out in public and actually spoken about your story. So tell us a little bit about that. And I love that you've actually gone to high schoolers and talked yes. to them. So tell us all about that and, and what their response was. Um, well, yeah, that's, that whole, that whole, that started last year. Um, I, I've been going to, to the high school that I actually graduated, um, where I graduated mm-hmm. and, um, very, you know, I've, like I said, I've always been an open book and I figured, you know what, I, I got the opportunity to, to start speaking at my old high school, at my old stomping grounds, as I would say it. And the response is actually, once again, super overwhelming and super, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, you know, I've always, I've always had that natural ability to help people. And just the fact that I can actually go, you know, share my story and help people that way. Um, it's just, it's, it just, I don't, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's such a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, t- uh, the, the orientation, orientation teacher that's in charge of um, the, in charge of me going to speak to the, to the high schoolers. Um, she said after my first, after my first speaking uh, gig that she, uh, she's like there, it was 11th graders that I went for my first, um, my first, uh, presentation. And she said the next day, she's like 11 students came directly to my office. She's like, do you understand? Like, she's like, they don't talk about stuff. Like mm-hmm. they directly came into my office and were like, that was awesome. Like, thank you so much. Yeah. And just, you know, for, just for them to, I mean, I have children too, and I, I want to avoid them going through any type of mental health problems or, so if I can create awareness about mental health, uh, about my situation and know that it's okay to talk about it, that it's okay to acknowledge and, you know, to reach out for help and, to go to that next step. So that for me is totally fulfilling. Absolutely. And to, and to get them at such a young age, I think is so critical, you know, because, you know, with, you know, in the U S of course you hear about all the school shootings and a lot and most 99% of the time it's linked to mental health. Um, and so to be able to reach them and, and, you know, even kids that are, would never pick up a weapon, but just to get that help and get that, again, that permission slip, to say, you know, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with me, but I know that I need some help, you know, outside of myself. And so that's just, that's an amazing thing to do for someone and to do it for a group of high schoolers. I mean, that's just, that's really, really awesome. So thank thank you. you. And thanks for, you know, and and it's not just like, you know, because counselors can talk to kids and say, hey, if you're sad, do this. Like you're actually sharing yourself and your story, which is super hard to do. Um, and then so it's real to people. They're like, oh, well, she's, 
she's the real deal. Like, you know, this isn't just someone telling me what to do. This is someone sharing their story. Um, Yeah. And I completely relate to that. And, and, And another thing, it's funny because I told Janelle, she's the, she's the teacher. I said, I said, look, I said, the only way I'll go, I said, I'm not, you know, I don't dress up in a suit. I said, the only way I'll go is if I can wear my Converse and my hat and act act like myself. And she's like, awesome. She's like, that's what I want. She's like, I want real people, you know, acting like themselves. And I was like, perfect. Sign me up. Yeah. And kudos (laughs) to her for like getting you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. She, she's, she's doing a lot of different, uh, different things as well within the school system that is amazing. And I'm actually, I think we're going to work on some other, other things within the community as well, but no, she's, uh, she's definitely one of my, one of my mentors, I guess. Yeah. Well, you are creating such a ripple effect in your community and now like through this podcast and your writing, you know, through the, through the world. So that's amazing. Um, so what's, what's the biggest takeaway you want our listeners to, to know about mental health? Um, just basically, please, 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 please talk about it. Know that you're not alone. Um, suffering in silence is definitely not the answer. Um, the answer is being open about your feelings and asking for help. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, this is, this is also something that I've always, um, basically I've always said this, even before I went through depression, that everybody has a story. Everybody, you know, has a reason why they're acting like they are. So just be kind, just be Mm -hmm. kind to people, understand, you know, a simple smile can just brighten somebody's day. Um, it's just little simple things like that, that people just need to, um, yeah, just basically don't suffer in silence and just understand that everybody does have a story. And that would be for me, like a huge, a huge takeaway, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that really answers your question. No, 100%. I mean, that's just something, it's something so basic and simple, like you said, but if everyone started taking baby steps like that and started incorporating more kindness into their everyday, like that literally changes the world. It changes your family life. It changes the people you work with, you know, the people you just see on the train every day. Like it it does create a ripple effect. And I, I 100% agree with that. And, and we'll try to remember that every day days when I'm cranky or you know PMSing or whatever be like okay remember what Amanda said like come on (laughs) um that's the thing like like you said it's I mean yeah life happens and life is stressful life is busy but it's just yeah taking that step back and just acknowledging that you know just keep things simple Mm -hmm. do what do what you need to do to make yourself happy and yeah, just understand and acknowledge and respect. And I think that's the thing, like more people need to just understand what's going on in the world, I guess. Yeah. And, and I'm we, are, we are so more, you know, interconnected now. I mean, just yeah. as 
talking right now is evidence of that, you know, I'm yeah. so thankful that I found you on Instagram and we connected and you agreed to do this. Like, cause this will 100% change someone's life. Even if it's just one person, like with your article, like that's, that's what makes it important and worthy and valuable. So to round out the interview, I always ask the same question to my guests and it can be, you know, about what we talked about, or it can just be about anything in your life. So the question is, um, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier? This is actually kind of funny, but I actually wish that somebody would have told me what postpartum depression was. Mm. Because to tell you the truth, I had no idea. Um, so as a society, we definitely need to, to have more awareness when it comes to mental health, mental illness, postpartum depression, whatnot, um, more resources. That's, that's one thing. Like, I mean, when somebody told me you have postpartum depression, I was like, what's that? Mm. So I don't know, maybe it was just me being oblivious to what it was because I had, it had never touched me, mm -hmm. but yeah, definitely something that I've learned in life. That I wish somebody would have told me earlier was what is postpartum depression? Wow. Well, thank you so much for being here. If people have questions or they want to just reach out and talk to you about their own issues, um, what's a good way for them to be able to find you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm on Instagram under uh, Amanda Rondo 1979 and yeah, just send me a, uh, a personal message and no problem at all. I, like I said, I've always been an open book. Um, I can do whatever I, you know, obviously this is my life and this is my story and this is what I've done. I I've used, you know, I, I use certain tools and stuff to, um, I've used certain tools to help myself, uh, through this process, but I can definitely, if I can help anybody, absolutely reach out anytime. Wow. Well, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your vulnerabilities. I mean, I think opening a conversation like this is the first step to, to real healing. So awesome job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.